0: I was sitting in an airplane recently listening to a book on tape, which I often do, and I don't even know, am I dating myself by calling a book on tape? I have an audio, an audible, and it's called Thirsting for God, and it's in correlation to Mother Teresa, and this particular author and his co-author were gifted cassette tapes and they also were a part of her ministry firsthand in all the countries that she traveled and all of the different nonprofits that she was able to establish and homes that she created. And they decided they wanted to honor her and to gift us some of her beautiful legacy through an audible. And I thought to myself, wow, how lucky is he? How lucky is Dr. Louis Tartaglia? In comparison to where I was sitting in an airplane, he met and hung out with and got nurtured and led by Mother Teresa. That's amazing. At the same exact time, I was booking him on my podcast and I realized, wow, how blessed am I to be underneath his leadership, to be underneath his guidance, to be underneath his voice in this moment. And I believe you're going to be equally as blessed and feel the exact same sense of gratitude when you hear the wisdom in which he shares and you hear the the love in which he shares it through. He's a doctor in mental health, sleep medicine, he's a psychiatrist, now he's a sleep doctor, and all the things. But what he's on the show for today is the fact that he's a multi-best selling author of many, many books. And the one that is in my hand right now, though you can't see it, is called The Last Gift of the Magi. And it's talking about a Christmas story, essentially, through the lens of a camel, <laughs> which sounds fun. I am prophesying that it is going to be turned into an animation film because later this year, you are going to get your hands on the second, the volume two of what's to come, the sequel of this, which is connected to The cloth. And if you read it, you are going to see how directly correlated it is to the Bible. And this is where people like Mark Victor Hansen or people like um, Les Brown have applied their wisdom, their knowledge, and their energy and encouragement into Dr. Tartaglia. You guys, this episode is going to bless you. It's going to inspire you, and it's going to give you some unlocks into a territory and realm of what writing actually looks like connected to your flaws. I know, kind of weird, but your flaws are ingrained, both beautiful strengths weaknesses all the things let's learn from them as i did in this incredible episode And we are back officially. And I hope that you guys got a sneak peek of the same exact thing that I am holding in my hand. And I love so much that Dr. Liu is, he's a doctor, a a physician, uh, a storyteller, uh, an author, a writer, uh, just like all these elements that you actually, including speaking, don't see together often. And so I'm grateful to have you on the show today, doctor.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: And I know you have written so many different pieces, and so I want to be able to kind of go back into the development of where those started, not just from your clinician experience, but then through actually taking them into a place of of palpable understanding for other people associated to character flaws, which I'm sure we all have. Let's start there, and then we'll go on a journey together.
1: Sure. So originally, um, I always thought about writing And uh, I met Ogmandino at um, at a function, and we became friends. uh, We started to call each other. I would talk to him at least once a week, and he he kept encouraging me to write something. So I had this little vision of a flock of geese making a migration, and um, that they had to be in tune with group prayer to take the um, and use the Holy Spirit in order to be able to to uh, fly as a flock. Information, and so that was the first book I wrote. It was called um, uh, the great w- Wing." Um, the Great Wind was what happened at Pentecost, and I just decided to so do a play um, wasn 't very i didn 't think it was particularly good, but it sold at least one hundred thousand copies Wow, it was really remarkable and then um, I was on the on the radio with Les Brown, um, the mo- motivational speaker, a friend of mine. Yeah. And I called into his show uh, because he had a, a New York uh, show, and I happened to be in New York that day. And there was a lady whose car broke down, and so she hopped into a, a cab. And she was an editor for one of the publishing companies. She heard me speak, and she asked me to do a book on character flaws. So you, the the, the bottom line is. Um, you have a blend of virtues and flaws. So your character is the makeup of that blend of virtues and hmm. flaws that your soul wears as it presents itself to the world. Wow. And so I picked the 10 most common character flaws, and we played off on that. And I used patient vignettes. But um, shortly after the book uh, was published... Um, I developed a, a blood clot, and then I had some other things happen, and I finally left practice for a period of years, and then finally it ended up where I got my leg amputated, mm-hmm. and um, I went into um, I went into sleep medicine uh, after that, and um, so I started I, I was writing, but I and I, I started writing since I didn't have patient yet. Started writing with animal themes. Because, you know, Aesop's Fables, you can teach character development, you can teach virtue through the transformation um, in a story told by an animal, and you get less conscious um, resistance because people listen to the animal where they wouldn't listen to a, a patient vignette. That's
0: so true.
1: So um, I was in uh, the Vatican, um, helping a priest set up a rehab for Mother Teresa, uh, drug rehab. And um, we went to this old library, and um, you had to sign all these documents to be able to get in, show your passport, and they only left me in an area um, where I could sit and just maybe read a couple of encyclopedias. So I coming through an encyclopedia <clears throat> while uh, – Father Angelo was going through um, some ancient manuscript that he needed to look at. And I saw in the, um, in the encyclopedia, it was like from the 1800s, that originally the Eastern Orthodox said there were 12 magi, and the Latin church said there were nine And I thought, wow, that's remarkable. Can you imagine if each one had at least one servant and one pack animal, how big that caravan would be? It'd be like 36 camels, all these people. And if it arrived in Jerusalem, it would have created quite a a stir. So I decided I was going to write a little uh, short story for my kids and include the 12 magi. I had the names of the magi. And little by little, it kept transforming and then this character, Jamil, the, um, the, the the hero in the story, really, or the, the person who undergoes the most character transformation, uh, emerged. And I, I finally had a story that I liked, and I presented it to my previous publishing companies. I had already done another book with um, Scott DeGarmo, who was the um, head of... Um, Uh, Success Magazine, he was the editor of Success Magazine, and we did a book on um, network marketing and, and relationships, and none of my publishing companies wanted a Christmas story that involved Jesus and the Magi.
0: Yeah.
1: They wanted unusual relationships or unusual traditions in a novel. So I put it aside, and then I started studying a little more theology i got deeper into uh into my prayer life and um uh and went back and became a sleep medicine specialist after i got the leg amputated um which is not a big deal it just means i have a leg up on you <laughs> yes so
0: no one's allowed I, to feel bad, and <laughs> not after that joke.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. So I eventually decided I would rewrite it uh, because I, I, I took a theology course, and one of the things we covered were virtue. Mm. Um, and I wanted to present a way to, to explain the virtue in the middle of the story and um, use it as kind of a primer, and also a primer for how character transformation takes place. And little by little, it transformed into the current book. And then nobody would publish it. So um, I was mentioning it to Mark, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, Yeah. and he said, "I'll publish it. Let's uh, let's get this project done." So he did the uh, the quote on the um, on the front cover.
0: Yep. It says, a that. wondrous, imaginative story of the birth of Christ as seen through the eyes of a young camel. Truly magnificent. And if you guys don't know Mark, Mark was on the podcast previously, but he is not only a publisher now, but he also is the number one New York Times Chicken Soup for the Soul curator of all of those things that I always call my first Bible, because <laughs> that is what they were to me.
1: <laughs> they were amazing. They were just wonderful stories. Yeah, truly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, yeah,
1: yeah, go ahead. Keep
0: going. I was just going to say, there's so there's so many elements of of curiosity connected to your storyline and your testimony that was now interweaved to this new piece that was evolved. And I think a lot of times people will create anything. It could be, it doesn't have to be a book. It could be anything that they then feel like, oh, I've evolved. So it has to stay back there, like in our past or a, a new work has to be done. But like, having a new creation it's thats what's so beautiful about the Lord is like, he's like, no, 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 no. What I gave you in seed form was good. I've just needed you to water it a little bit more. I needed to water yeah. you a little bit more for the fullness of the message to come to light.
1: Right. I was in a, in a uh, church praying uh, before a tabernacle and um, I got the inkling that there was something wrong with these, uh, this section. And he told me just switch them uh to virtues make sure each one represent a virtue and then i went back in and reworked that and that's that's how it happened and then les brown did the uh, quote on the back of the cover
0: he sure did yeah says, an enchanting fable of self-discovery, powerful, delightful, and uplifting. The last gift of the Magi is destined to become a Christmas classic. Its success will be measured in how many souls it brings to Jesus. And everyone knows Les Brown, but if you don't, he is the leading motivational speaker and, of course, the author of You've Gotta Be Hungry. I'm yeah. so hungry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, So I realized at that point that... The, the book could be used for evangelization because really it's bringing people to Jesus. Yeah. And um, and now I just finished the sequel called The Return of the Cloth, and that's going to come out uh, around the first of the year. And it takes place 33 years later in Jerusalem.
0: Of course. Oh, my goodness. I'm so and excited.
1: What I decided to do there was I decided to, to, to take... And teach the principles that were in the book flawless, which was you know um, psychobabble basically. You know, um, it was a self-help book based on psychology. But um, I wanted to be able because I used to practice psychiatry, right, right, now sleep specialist. and I, I wanted to be able to teach those principles. So I decided I'd do it a little bit more in depth in the uh, second book.
0: Which I think is really interesting. Like, again, connected to your testimony without psychiatry and psychology, you can't really know how to even really attune to sleep therapy. Right? Or the sleep medicine because there's, it's all interwoven. And a lot of times we think that we just have a sleep agent issue or something inside of our body is, is not correct. Right. And then to be able to take that. And now you're not only gifting it to our lineage, our generations to come through this camel story, through this evolution and this. We were talking pre, pre roll here about how amazing this would be as a, as an animation video a big reel, a big movie screen debut I see in the future. And so if anybody has any contacts, please reach out to us. We would love to see this on the big screen, but it's it's also affecting our generation and the generation to come. And we know that when we know Jesus psychologically and physiologically, all these things start to evolve to make more sense and to be more like our creator, which has peace connected to it. I sleep better knowing God than I did way before I knew him.
1: Yeah, The more we become like Jesus... Uh, the more pristine our character is. Mm-hmm. And that's the so ultimate goal.
0: So good. It's to so transform good.
1: transform into Christ.
0: Well, and one of the things that you got to do, that was something I was going to also say pre-roll, but I like zipped my mouth because I'm like, hold on. Sometimes the best stuff y'all happens pre and post-roll, just so you know if you're not a podcaster. But he said, no, don't do it. Don't say it. And so I had the blessing on one of my recent flights. I tuned into Thirsting for God, the Spiritual Lessons of Mother Ter- Teresa and I was in, incre- I listened to the whole thing, the entire flight, and I was just so enthralled by the way you put that together. And even just hearing her voice, as even you're speaking, I'm like, man, I can hear like her heart, her legacy was left in you. What a yeah. treasured experience.
1: Yeah, really, it was amazing. And I, I put together the format on that um, mostly by accident. Uh, Father Angelo had his own idea of how it was supposed to work right um, he, he showed up with um uh a shopping bag full of cassettes of mother speaking to the brothers or to the nuns over tea or over breakfast or over lunch and um he would taper <clears throat> and then i had a, a friend that um used to clean up a uh, Forensic tapes for like the DEA.
0: Cool,
1: yeah. He cleaned them up and then we got him off to Nightingale Conan, And um, we put together the program. (coughs) Excuse me. But he got sick and he couldn't work up the flow. I worked it up and he was was a little bit upset with me that I worked it up because we had a timeline (laughs) and it was supposed to be the way he wanted it. And then after he went through it all and watch what I did, and then listen to the tapes, and what I did, he said, Basically, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, look, and you didn't even have to do it. This is like hey. such a collaborative space. I don't think people uh, attune to very often. I've been talking a lot about you know the power of working as a community and the partnership marketing piece and that it just because it's your idea or that the seed was given to you doesn't mean that somebody else isn't meant to water it. Right, right. Right. So I love that you all did that, and then you just took initiative. You're like, I got this. We're 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 on time.
1: (laughs) Right, because we were running into a deadline. Yeah, um, we had a contract to get it all done.
0: Well, I just thought I got. I think it was like. More so because of the audio, to be honest, you know, it wasn't really loud. It's She's definitely not using an SM7B mic, right? <laughs> she's, she's talking to him like a crowd. I don't even know how he got that footage, but to know that it was on a cassette tape makes a lot of sense. But because of that, I had to really tune in. I had to really tune in to what she she was saying. And to be honest, with what I knew from the history books about Mother Teresa, it does not talk about Jesus as much as Mother Teresa talked about Jesus. She was a lover of Jesus Christ. And I am so grateful that she is known the way that she is. But there is so much about her that people don't actually honor. And it's the Jesus within her. It's the imitating of Christ like you were talking about.
1: Right, right. And that um, she would look at the poorest of the poor as Jesus in disguise. Yes. She was always just ministering to Jesus. Yeah,
0: so, just amazing. So
1: incredible. She, she was really a lot of fun. She was, um, um you know, sometimes they picture her as this dour old lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she she laughed a lot. She yeah. teased people. And you never know knew what was going to come out of her mouth, but it was always going to be something that uplifted you. And when she was talking to you, you felt like she was focusing completely on you.
0: It was that that one part that I'll never be able to release the visual of her holding the man on the side of the street who was literally being eaten by worms and how she just spoke to him so lovingly. But I felt that lightheartedness connected to how she was speaking to him, which is probably something that that person never, ever spoke about, which is kind of similar to how you said your leg. You're like, yeah, it's just fine. I've got a one-up on you, right? <laughs> which allows us to like break that mold, that friction, that understanding that like we're all one in the same. We're all heart to heart, right? That's where you come from your business experience. I've heard b 2 B. You've heard B to C. I've heard H to H said as human to human. And interestingly, I didn't know that it was actually from your all's book, but I have in one of my recent anthologies, I talked about heart to heart because that's really what it's at. Because sadly, human to human has been dehumanized and right. therefore there's no human to human anymore because it's like, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. We're not even in an identity form of who God created us to be.
1: Right, because people have been dehumanizing humans for the last 100 years.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And it's a, it's a sad thing, but it's going to change. Yeah, absolutely. It, it always comes in cycles.
0: Absolutely. So, Doctor, I'm curious, like, as you're, like, putting all of your energy into this next book launch, I mean, what, what are you imagining is going to come to life from that? And how much longer are you going to be doing this versus speaking and doing your clinician work?
1: i don't know um you know i come in on monday and i think boy coming to work and seeing patients is so much more fun than the do list on the weekend
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome
1: um so i you know i want to do it as long as i'm healthy
0: yeah that's so and good
1: would i like to go out and start speaking again because i i haven't done very much speaking um uh yeah i would like to do it it's a lot of fun yeah and uh I I was pretty good at it. It's just I, I was never one to be able to market myself. Yeah. Um I, I you know, it was just not something that I, I naturally did. And one of my big concerns um when I brought the book out was um that if it became very successful that I would maintain my humility.
0: Yeah.
1: Because that's a that's a deep concern. So um hmm. One day I was uh, I was in prayer with a friend of mine who's a he's a mystic, and um, it, it's really interesting some of the things that he sees, um, yeah. You know, so I was uh, I was praying for humility. You know, God, give me the. Um, I always pray. Um, increase my faith, open charity, and mm-hmm. grant me the wisdom to care for the people uh, you, you need me to care for. Mm-hmm. But uh, that day I was praying for humility, and he looks over and he said, I don't know what you're praying for. And he said, But there's this shaft of light coming down, and just there's grace pouring all over you. Oh, wow. And I was you know, so <laughs> yes. relieved. because I Like
0: deep breath, exhale.
1: Yeah, yeah, but no, because I have such an arrogant past. Yeah. You know, we were, when I was younger, you know, I thought it was such a big deal to be a doctor.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know,
1: and it really that. it really went to my head. I don't want that to happen um, yeah. anymore. I want the book to bring people to understand that their mission in life is to bring Jesus to other people. Yeah, So it's a tool for evangelization, and everybody does it differently. Yeah. Um, th- this is the way I'm doing it.
0: I love that so much, and I feel like you're doing, you've done it for so long, even if it wasn't maybe in the same phraseologies or construct of what this is. But I do think as as doctor, or he should be a doctor, shouldn't Mark Victor Hansen be a doctor by now? He's not a doctor. (laughs) He is.
1: I helped him get an honorary PhD. There you
0: go. There you go. So he is unofficially, officially a doctor. Um, But I, I just love the way that he said it. That it truly is going to be something that is forever. Right? It's not it's not going away. And this is what that looks like through the lens of, of storytelling. And that's what you've always been really good at, whether it was through a patient's story or through the camel's story. Um right. will the camel still be the main point of contact through the cloth or do I have to wait? Yes it is. Yes, okay,
1: yay. <laughs> You'll be surprised what happens to it.
0: Oh man, I can only imagine. Can yeah. only imagine.
1: And I, I wanted to cover another thing in there yeah, that I think here. is interesting. Um, the Holy Family went to Egypt.
0: Yeah.
1: So nobody um, in in the Western civilization, um, nobody really knows how long or where. But in the um, Coptic Church, the uh, uh, Orthodox Egyptian Church, Coptic is uh, Latin for uh, for Egypt. Egypt. Okay. In the Coptic church, um, it was probably three and a half years, and they have a whole route that had been passed down where they went. And And so what I wove in were like little baby milestones for baby Jesus, and that was a lot of fun to do. That's um, so neat. And, and then when you see what happens to Jamil, uh you'll be just uh, a thrilled that at what happens.
0: Did you and, utilize like that, the, that encyclopedia time, obviously kind of awakened your spirit to this entire concept. What else did you utilize from like a study perspective? Cause it sounds like you have so much like depth of knowledge. Do you have a specific program? Do you use any of those things or is it just an exploration of different material?
1: Just a, just an exploration. Um, I, I looked at some websites in Egypt where they talk about um, the, the travels of the Holy Family, because that's yeah. a, a big deal to the uh, to the Coptic Church, um, and then um, there, there's a uh, there's a a book that uh, Mel Gibson used to um, do the the movie The Passion. The
0: Passion, yeah.
1: It was uh, the Mystic Revelations to um, uh, oh I can't think of the name of it right now, but anyhow I can find I, it. I read that book in order to be able to uh, get a better understanding of the sequence of of what happened in the crucifixion, and then of course there are a number of uh, doctors that have done forensic analysis of the of the um, shrouded Turin yes. to help understand what the crucifixion uh, was like.
0: That's and, so beautiful. Did you know? Because I'm I'm an author, so I'm, like my my written word is like jumping in my spirit right now. Did you feel like the word itself was the precursor to the story, or did you feel like the story came and then you injected the truth?
1: No, the, the, the word itself, well, it's kind of like simultaneously. A little bit of both,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: because I'd be writing about something, um, but I'd be going back and forth to the word to try to verify what it was.
0: right. 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 Well, and I think a lot of authors, even when we're telling stories that can be fables um, that have elements of truth that might not be the whole truth, like we can get lost in that out of context. What fits my story versus what is the story and how do I bring it to life? And exactly. I don't necessarily I, – I would – Mm. I was going to say, I don't necessarily think that there's a wrong way, but there is a wrong way if it's not truth. <laughs> so there is that. Uh, but I do think that there, I understand how people or why people might embellish versus not embellish. Um, have right. you heard of Superbook? The It's the cartoon about the Bible and it was created by CBN several years ago. There's like a robot in it. Have you heard of this at all? No. No. It's probably one of my go-to references for biblical understanding for my kiddos who are now 8 and 10. We've been watching it maybe for about three or four years. And they're about 20-minute segments. And the actual kids are a part of common day life, right? Like school and parenting or not parenting, but being parented, um, bullies, things that would happen right now. And when right when the lesson is in the heat of the moment before like they're going to get in trouble or discipline is going to happen or any of that, the Bible comes in and they're like, super book. And all of them, including the robot who lives in both worlds with them, they dive into the Bible and physically. And then they're in, they're transported into that place in that time. And they're interacting with Jesus. They're interacting with um, disciples. They're interacting way, Old Testament, just depending on what's correlated. And then there's the revelation that the child actually has while they're in the example of like, wow, that's their story, but I'm in the midst of their story. I don't want that to be my story. And so then they go back to their scenario and they have a way of like writing the wrong before the discipline happens because they had this revelation connected to scripture. And so right. that's what it reminds. Yeah. It reminds yeah. me of that.
1: Yeah. Um, that, that's a wonderful thing to do. But by, by the way, the book hit number one in religious historical fiction for, I don't know, maybe a few hours. And so it got a gold seal on it. Yeah. For that's so
0: good i don't have the gold seal version i'm gonna have to get it
1: it was just on amazon that it.
0: okay good 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 no that's amazing i'm proud of it and i am proud of you i'm proud of your like persistence in still developing writing is surely a skill and it's something that we can continue to flex no matter what we have going on all right quick interruption but actually it's not really an interruption it's an invitation it's an invitation for you to come deeper Not just be a podcast listener that we really never get to interact with, but be a part of the family. Be a part of the foundation of what the Founder Collective is heart premised on. And that's Ephesians 2.19, that we are found in Him, that we are a family and operating as one on the foundation of Christ with him as our chief CEO, our chief cornerstone. And what does that look like? How can you come in further? Well, we have a weekly Founder Collective call. That's a Zoom call. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's open conversation, similar to how we have this podcast talking about business practices and truth principles and how we're actually living a life on purpose and in the presence of God consistently. Additionally, we're inviting you to our annual conference. This is be our third annual conference. You can go to the foundercon.com again, that's the foundercon.com And you'll get to hear people like Jay worship and teach and share from his testimony. Anthony, pastor Anthony, the bearded wonder. <laughs> He's going to come to you with his fiery flaming shoes and his voice and the belly, the fire that's within his belly comes out in such a dynamic way when it's on stage. Myself, my team, and all the incredible people who are part of this family. It's not just us. And we want you to be in on the us because we want to make way for your message, for your movement to be known and to be equipped. And to also be resourced. We love sharing resources, which is what we do in that weekly call. So you're invited. You're invited. Come one, come all to all the things. If you need more information, I'm sure wherever you're listening to this or seeing this, you can get it in the link. So look, go a little deeper, go a little further into what God is calling you into. This is a summoning. This is a call. This is a roundup for you to also be fully founded in Him as a founder in the Founder Collective. How long did this particular one take considering the start to the finish of kind of putting it on ice?
1: Well, I put it on ice for um, about 10 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because I kept uh, thinking, you know, there's something wrong with it. And the the more I... I took a couple of theology courses, and yeah. the more I got into prayer, I, uh, and the more I got into Scripture, I kept saying, it, "It's something. Something needs to be done differently." Mm-hmm. And then eventually, I got to the point where I was willing to go in and play around with it and re, um, rewrite it. Uh, but it, I, I would say the the book. Um, has at least four or five years of actual work in it.
0: Yeah. Wow. And when you talk about virtue, because there's like virtues through this, there's virtues connected to some of the previous pieces that you've done as well. When you are speaking to this idea of humility, is the virtue humility or is the virtue truth? Or what would you say is connected to like pride, humility? What's the virtue?
1: Well, each of the magi represents... um, A different a different yeah, um, infused virtue. So there's there's three virtues that God infuses into you. Faith, hope and love. Okay? The greatest so of is you life. can always right and you can always pray for those three things because you're asking God to give you more of what he wants to give you. Mm. Right? But then there's sub virtues underneath that. Okay? So kindness and humility and um uh, truthfulness and, or honesty. Yeah. These, these were all sub-virtues of the other virtues. And, uh, what I did is I had to reorganize, um, what each of the, um, each of the magi, the sub-magi had in terms of virtues so that it would fit with, um, classic, um, uh, theology around virtue.
0: So neat. It's so neat. And I think m- with my book title, it's like always becoming, right? And a lot of times we get to a place of like wisdom or, Influence might be a better word, um, because I think I'm always learning. I'm always evolving even in my own knowledge base and wisdom is surely from heaven. Um, but I, the title always becoming is like grace upon grace because we're all still navigating what it looks like and how to be like Christ. And so what like virtues would you say you're still, you know, navigating, working on or on the antithesis of that? Which ones are you like, man, I got these ones down early and I would encourage them.
1: I don't think you ever have any of them down early because there's an infinite um, uh, depth to each of the virtues. Um, You know, like uh, rigorous honesty, um, the the longer you live, the more you find where you don't um, practice rigorous honesty. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like peeling an onion. You keep going deeper and deeper and deeper to each of the virtues. So um, kindness, you know, uh, how many times do do, do you find that there are certain people still uh, that are difficult (laughs) to be kind to? And it's related to our past traumas, the things that we've uh, we've experienced in our life, um, uh, anchored emotions to certain types of people or certain types of um, behaviors that they have. And little by little, we can unfold that and go deeper and deeper into it.
0: I, um, I'll tell you a funny story about like wisdom connected to that is I was just on a writing retreat for my next solo publish publication coming out. And, uh, I like woke up, I hadn't even had my coffee yet, but I turned on like the bathroom light in the hotel that I was in and I leaned forward and I saw, you can kind of still see them now, but like curly, like I saw my flyaways and I saw this one that was just straight up and it was white. And I was like, Oh my! So I plucked it out, even though my mom has always told me never. If you see a gray hair, never pluck it because five more will come. That's what, anyway girls say that. I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> so I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I have gray hair. This is nuts. Now, mind you, literally the day before I was reading First Kings, all about Solomon and how Solomon prayed into wisdom, and I think that's what the Magi's are known for. They're known for their wisdom and. So right. I was praying, and I was just like, "Lord, like give me a heart like Solomon. All I want is your wisdom." Um, and He said, "Because you didn't—this uh, is speaking to Solomon—because you didn't ask for money, because you didn't ask for all of these other things that all the kings yeah, have I'm asked right. for. Yeah, right. I'm going to give you." All that and more. And so I go downstairs that specific day. This is the day before the gray hair pool, okay? I go downstairs and I see on the wall two placards, a husband and a wife, and I was specifically speaking to our wisdom as a couple, and their last names are Solomon. And I'm like whoa, that's awesome. So I'm already sitting here. I got this gray hair in my hand. I'm like, okay, you're funny, God. And then I sit down with my coffee and my Bible, and I'm in Proverbs. And it literally, the very first thing from that Bible in a year, that specific day, says your um, gray hair is like a wisdom. It's like a crown of glory. And I'm like, so I literally like gave me the answer to what I was asking for like I've given you a little measure of wisdom just a little keep praying there's more to come but for now just know that you're already wiser than you think was kind of like that revelation that was cemented in that moment because I'm younger and so I always have that imposter syndrome of like well, Tamara, you don't know enough. You haven't lived enough. You don't have that same element of knowledge. And yet here I am. And I think the biggest thing and it's connected to you is courage, right? You just have the courage to put it out there. And that's, I think, the most marketable element of what it is that you're doing.
1: Right, right. And, and you know, uh, in in therapy, often what would happen uh, would be I would make a remark. Sometimes the remark wasn't even related Um, To where the patient was going with their story. And then they'd stop and they'd they'd stop and it's well, I really needed to hear that. (laughs) That wasn't me speaking. That was the Lord giving, giving some wisdom to my patient through me, or in spite of me.
0: (laughs) That's good.
1: And how many times when I left psychiatry, um, and that was a really hard thing to do um, because I would spent so many years um, training and so many years practicing. When I left, I would get um, letters from patients saying that they remembered this one comment I made. And I would say half of them I didn't remember or didn't think they were that important. But it transformed. It caused a transformation in the patient's life. Often I would tell patients, When you don't know what to pray for, um, say to to God, um, increase my faith, hope, and charity, and grant me the wisdom, this is Solomon's prayer, to care for your people.
0: Yeah, so good.
1: Yeah, and it's a perfect prayer because it gets you out of the way, and and you're asking for God's will and for his virtue in order to take care of his people.
0: Which is what he wants to do all day, every day anyway, right? That's his main concern. I love that. So talk with that, because I think that that is so indicative of who you are and how you've lived your purpose here on earth, and there's more and more to come, is – I know a lot of people are talking about passion. They're talking about purpose. There's a lot of people publishing books, especially now with ChatGPT, which we know you can't do effectively. So you can try if you're listening, but it's not going to work. Not to glorify God, that's for sure. Um, But talk to us about how your purpose has to, gets to, involves your relationship with Jesus. Because I think a lot of people are trying to segment them as like, Jesus is faith, hope, love. I understand that. Check that box. But my purpose is I'm going to be a doctor and you've done this beautiful integration and I want people to be able to understand and have revelation connected to that. Why your purpose in life always yeah,
1: th- th- That's my, um, in Italian they call it the mestiere, my um, vocation. Yeah. Okay. Um, is to Was to be a doctor. Okay. It's what I wanted to do. But my purpose, um, years ago I used to think about what did I want my purpose to be. Um, and so I wrote down my purpose is uh, to teach wisdom in the art of living. Hmm. And just to keep it nice and simple. Hmm. So in the book, um, you finally get to Jamil discovering his purpose in life at the very end. Hmm. Um, you can go to the, like, uh, I think it's the last page actually. Yeah. Um, right? and then um, he says um, I, I, um, I thought by that time we arrived, by the time we arrived I would know what my life's purpose is and she said you could know if you ask the sustainer which is the camel's name for God right?" right. Um, yes just ask and then um, how can I know the true purpose of my life and A voice within spoke sweetly, just look at who you carry, my child. And so that's the purpose of everybody's life. Mm. That's ultimately the purpose of everybody's life, is to bring Jesus to other people.
0: Yeah. It's who you carry. It's like that's so...
1: It doesn't matter what what job you have, what career you have, uh, whether you're married, single, um, you're... uh, It doesn't matter at all who you are and what you do. It matters that you're bringing Jesus along with you wherever you go. And I think Mother Teresa summed that up uh, constantly, right? She did. She did. She was bringing Jesus to other people. Yeah.
0: She sure did. And I think that's where a lot of people, especially with like my podcast also lends itself to founders, innovators, and trailblazers and people who are willing to go out and magi, they they trailblaze to Jesus, right? They did some things that other people wouldn't do. They crossed so far. They brought gifts that other people would never give to somebody that they didn't know, right? They're following a star. There's a lot of things that are connected to the magi and this concept, but Founders, innovators, and trailblazers often get stuck in this ideation of, um, of separateness to their specific vocation and their, their ultimate purpose and call. And so that's the whole reason that we started the show is to understand that there's a synchronicity to that. And if you try and take them apart from one another, you're, you're starving one, your, your actual purpose here on earth, your vocation, you're starving that from it. But that, If you have the other by itself, you become like a Pharisee or a Sadducee and you're just stuck in this place of religiosity and you're actually have no freedom at all.
1: Right, right. So it has to be intertwined. It is naturally intertwined and it should be done in a way that's peaceful and serene so that when you go about your business, um, you're in a state of, uh, of grace and joy and you're bringing fulfillment to your life through that.
0: Yeah. And I think people get lost in that because I, I think the church in some sense has taught that it's a separateness, like that's your job. And I think that they're just now, and at least my church it's getting to the place of like there. That is your mission field. That is the place that you go. So whether you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, a doctor, a teacher, like that's the people that you're meant to steward. At least in this season of life. That could evolve. You could become a writer and a speaker, like Doctor over here. But
1: right, But but from the very beginning, yeah, the church always taught. Uh, because originally there was just this this universal church, right? Yes. This Catholic, Catholic Church, which was the Orthodox and the yeah. Latin rites and stuff. They they would receive Ju- Jesus in the Eucharist, yeah. and then right after you receive, the priest says, um, "Go out and and uh, bring the good news," mm-hmm. and you say, "Thanks be to God," mm-hmm. because your purpose is to go out and bring Jesus to
0: other people. That's so good. I hope that we can get back to that. More people can. They can own that as their vocation and their purpose. And you guys have to get your hands on this. This is what's available now, but the sequel will be coming January of next year. And so you want to make sure that you get to enjoy this, especially before the holidays. So this is coming out whenever, but you've got to get your hands on The Last Magi. You have been such the – I'm sorry, the, the last gift of The Magi because there's more that comes with it. Um, You've been such a treasure to have on the show. Would you have any final words of impartation to us? We're sitting at your feet right now. (laughs) In all humility, of course, in all humility. We're sitting at Jesus' feet. You are our our rabbi.
1: Yeah, just remember that um, God wants to give you grace. God (laughs) wants to give you virtue. And whenever you're struggling with a character flaw or uh, a repetitive sin, um, Mm -hmm. or a behavior that you'd like to change, stop and ask for the grace to change it. Mm -hmm. He wants to give it to you. And then ask to use that grace to bring something good to other people.
0: I am so grateful to you. I can't wait to bring this out to the world more alongside you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys be blessed. All the links to where you can get in touch with Dr. Is Here, and uh, if you're looking for a speaker, I mean, what a profound experience to have his storyline interweave to whatever your mission is. Please get in touch with him, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guests, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts in fact, and this to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say.